Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 network. We now have irrefutable proof that Kamala Harris is deeply unpopular, the distressing anti-American trend on college campuses goes viral, and the New York Post says it's time to get over COVID, and I agree. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. among anybody that is paying any kind of attention in the world that Kamala Harris is, is just simply not popular. She is somebody that turns a lot of Americans off for a lot of different reasons. And no lefties, it is not just because um, she is biracial and because she is a woman. Um, you know, there are so many things about her that turn a lot of people off. And so now, Leading into these midterms that are coming up next year, um, the Democrats, uh, it is not looking good for them in the midterms. They have seen the chickens come home to roost with the defund the police narrative, with all of the stuff that they've been pushing pretty much since um, Trump took office in, in 2016. All of the things that they've been pushing um, get a lot of retweets on Twitter. They sound great uh, if you're a, you know, brain-dead leftist. Not even a liberal, just literally a brain-dead leftist. Like, these things sound amazing to them. But for the vast majority majority of thinking people, they are just not into this. So there's this new um, poll that is getting a lot of attention right now. It is basically saying that 48% of Americans disapprove with uh, the Vice President Harris's job performance, right? Um, there is something along the lines of she is the most unpopular Vice President in decades, right? And so this is what we knew. And, and you know, according to the Post, uh, it says this is in line with a flurry of recent surveys and puts her well behind Biden, whom the real, real clear average of polls has at 51% approval and 43% disapproval. Now, this is sounding the alarm for Democrats because, you know, the reason why, and I'm just going to keep it completely honest, and, and they know this, and honestly, the left would never say it in this way, but they have said pretty much the reason that Kamala Harris was selected as vice president is because she is a biracial woman. I mean, you know, look, they, they call her a black woman. Look, she's black when it is convenient, you know, for one narrative. She's Indian when it's convenient for another narrative. So I'm just going to say she is a, a biracial um, black and Indian woman. And this is the reason that she was chosen to be vice president. And this is not uh, this is not something that's controversial to say. Democrats said this themselves. They went on this sort of media tour that basically said, Joe Biden, you can't win without black women. Black women are the backbone of the Democrat Party. You know, just all of this other stuff. And so obviously it couldn't have been Stacey Abrams because, you know, she is an even bigger moron than, than Kamala Harris, which is saying something. So obviously Kamala Harris was the person that was the most, quote unquote, qualified for the job. And in, in Democrat speak, being qualified means uh, that she's just been, you know, taking taxpayer dollars for decades. And that just means that she has a lot of experience being a politician and in bureaucracy and all that stuff. And 
The warning signs were all over the place during even when when Kamala Harris was running for president herself. The warning signs were all over the place. Um, She struggled to fail traction. I believe she dropped out right after Iowa. She never pulled good. There is something that is so fundamentally false about Kamala Harris that it is just a turnoff to people, even to some Democrats. There was this, and if you look back in in some of the episodes that I've done, um, there was this really interesting interview with about five uh, black female undecided voters on MSNBC. And they basically just said, well, yeah, you know, we're supposed to fall in line behind this woman. We don't really particularly like her. We don't know her. We feel like we are being pressured to support her because, you know, she's a black woman as well. There's just something about this woman that just did not connect, right? And that could be for a lot of different reasons. And I'm going to play a clip from The View because, you know, that The View thinks that there is only one reason that Kamala Harris is not performing, and that is, of course, because she is a black woman and, you know, in the in, in crazy far-left View world, that is the only reason that anybody could possibly not like the lovable, charming, and fabulous Miss Kamala Harris. This is the uh, latest on The View. This is Whoopi Goldberg, Joy Behar, and then thankfully, uh, Megan McCain comes in here with a little bit of substance towards the end. I want you to listen to this. Anyway, several polls seem to have found that Vice President Kamala Harris has the lowest approval of any vice president since the 70s. You know how much stuff I believe in polls, but where do you think this is coming from, Joy? Well, let's see. What is different about her that we haven't seen before? What could it be? (laughs) Oh, that's right. She's a woman and she's black. I almost forgot. Um, You know, let's tell the truth here. I mean, it seems like there's this bombardment of criticism on her and uh, Biden coming from the right as if they've been in office for four years. They've only been there for, what, six months? I don't even know. January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Okay, uh, eight months. Eight months. What are they supposed to do? Change the whole world? Cure, cure, get a cure for cancer? Uh, uh, solve the problem of climate change? Uh, deal with immigration? They've been doing immigration. How many, how many presidential um, uh, years? Other, other, other presidents have tried to fix immigration in this country. It's a very, very hard, intractable problem. And that's what they handed her. So, you know what? Back off. So, Megan, do you think she stumbled coming out of the gate? I think she stumbled when she was running for president. She dropped out before Iowa. She was a very early dropout. She wasn't resonating with voters um, way way before President Biden was elected. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting um, the tone from the media uh, on her uh, leadership on immigration, because when there were kids in cages on the border under President Trump, it was horrific. And now that we aren't even allowed to send journalists in to film it and she's in charge, it's okay. It's just a different kind of person in charge of what's happening on the border. She's made a lot of tactical errors and you don't have to just take it from me because I'm obviously an unbiased actor uh, given that I'm a Republican, but uh, places like Politico and Axios reported how disappointed the White House was in her first foreign trip. If you remember, she did an interview where she was laughing about the border when um, she was asked, are you going to go visit the border? And she said, I also haven't been to Europe and laughed uh, very uncomfortably. Her laugh has become uh, a way for people to to take hits at her because it's uncomfortable to walk 
want, it's an uncomfortable to answer. And she, I always thought she needed more media training than, than she had and had been doing. And the problem for Democrats going into 2024 is if President Biden chooses not to run for re-election, she's just not going to be a strong enough candidate to run for president. And if people don't want to listen to me and think it's all about race and gender, that's fine. Honestly, it's it's everyone's uh, you know risk to take. But uh, Ron DeSantis would, would put her in the ground. I mean, it would be an election for Republicans. Republicans would love nothing more than to run against Vice President Harris. And obviously, you know, it's really funny. I'm watching this clip uh, as you guys are listening to it. Uh, Megan McCain is so over being on The View. It's actually just funny to watch. But look, you know, she makes a, a lot of good points. And I, and I think that with, you know, Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg and, and you know, a lot of the other liberals and, and obviously, you know, Sonny Hostin, you know, she had something to say, of course, it's about her being a black woman and all that stuff. And so what I will say is this, that you can't deny that there is going to be a segment of the population um, that is that is turned off from Kamala Harris because you know they're hard on her because of what because she's a woman or they're hard on her because she's African American or biracial and we have never seen this before and okay and I will give you that but it's too easy to blame these sinking numbers and it's too easy to blame her failure on the border um, her failure on you know this uh, this trip that she took. Um, to to uh, you know Guatemala on the root causes tour when they pretended to do something about the border and did absolutely nothing. It, it's just too easy to blame failure on race and ethnicity and gender. And furthermore, it's too easy to blame that on these things when these are the things that were sold by her people and the people that were supporting her the absolute most when it came to her getting the job in the first place. And I, for one, am so sick of this stuff being used as an excuse in 2021. It's getting really old. It's getting really tired. People are getting really sick of it. And you cannot just get a free pass because you're not white. Okay. Like I can't get a free, you know, I can't get a free pass and, and, and pop podcasting and, and doing media hits and doing whatever I do. I can't say whenever I'm harshly criticized or whenever I fail at something or people just don't like me, oh, it's because I'm black or because I'm gay or because of any of these immutable characteristics. You know, a, a lot of the people that have issues with Kamala Harris, it's because her inauthenticity shines through. You have the sense, and I've said this before with Kamala Harris, that this is a woman that will say, do, or be anything to pursue power. I don't know that she is particularly interested in making the lives of anybody better, um, particularly not the people that voted for her, her. I believe that she is very interested in political power. I believe that she was very interested in becoming the first black female vice president. I believe um, in her lack of talent, be damned that she would love nothing more than to, than to become the first female president, despite the fact that she is wildly underqualified for it. Um, she does not have the presence for it, and people just do not like her. And Megan McCain is absolutely right. And look, they've run Megan McCain off The View, and I understand exactly why she didn't want to continue on The View, because that's a very tough role for her to be in. She's going to be a Republican, and... You know, she, you can only play the Trump hating game. You can only play the Never Trumper game so much, right? Um, and what I admire about Meghan McCain is that she actually does have conservative thoughts and conservative perspectives that don't just have to do with bashing Trump. And, and she has to uh, sort of verbalize those and take a lot of hits from far left Twitter. I remember she was trending on Twitter every single day. It'd be very interesting to see on that show if they put in a conservative. 
um, that can actually go toe-to-toe with these women because it is just uninteresting to hear them all just be leftists because they're in a Hollywood world and that's what Hollywood wants to hear. But back to Kamala Harris, I am completely unsurprised that she is deeply unpopular. Uh, Democrats are sounding the alarm. These are... um, a couple of people that talked to The Hill. One of them said, according to Democratic strategists who talked to The Post and The Hill, the numbers have the numbers have the party concerned about the midterms. Now, one strategist told The Hill, this is what they said, as of right now, I think she has the potential of doing more harm than good for some of these candidates. And I think she's absolutely right. Look, the Democrats have a razor thin margin right now. The, the Republicans only have to flip five seats to get control of the House. This is very, very thin. It's going to be a very hard-fought battle. I think that all of the trending lines um, are going to say that the Republicans are going to take back the House next year. I think that Kamala Harris will be a liability to a lot of these Democrat candidates because a lot of these Republicans running would want to do nothing more than to tie um, Kamala Harris to whatever you know Dem representative is running for election because she is so unpopular and because she is the face and, and the behind-the-scenes person in charge of just so much um, that has gone wrong. So am I surprised that her poll numbers are this bad? Absolutely not. Is it because she's black and a woman? No, it's because she is shockingly, ridiculously unlikable. And I will tell you this, to wrap this up, if Democrats don't start, because I have to, I have to be honest with you guys, I truly believe that we are a stronger country when we have um, stronger parties on both sides. If Democrats don't get out of this um, identity world that they're in, if they don't really step up and look at their weaknesses and stop trying to blame all of their weaknesses on race, gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, whatever, they're going to get blown out of the water. And I do believe that it's coming already. So Kamala Harris is deeply unpopular. It's not because she's black. It's not because she's a woman. She is unpopular because she is a shockingly untalented uh, politician to have ascended to the levels that she is at. And the American people realize this. Next up, we all know the Olympics are tanking, and some college students don't even think it's okay to cheer for Team USA. I will break down the viral video that is taking the internet by storm up next. We're in the middle of the weakest Olympics in in recent memory. I mean... Uh, the ratings are down. I've done episodes about this. You know, we've been talking about this a lot lately. The The ratings are down. People just don't seem to care. Um, and there's a very interesting article on a website I go to called Mediaite uh, by a media critic that said that, yes, the wokeness has a lot to do with the, you know, crashing ratings and the, just the complete lack of public interest. But there's a lot of other stuff going on. There's the fact that, you know, the Olympics are in Tokyo. It's completely, completely separate time zone. We don't have a lot of stars. In fact, the only true star that we have competing in the Olympics right now, who is Simone Biles, would like pulled herself out of a lot of different competitions. So um, I, I think that she's going to be on the balance beam final. That's the, uh, the, the latest... Um, news out of the Olympics, but for whatever reason, nobody's tuning into the Olympics. What I've said before is when I talked about the wokeness and all of that stuff infecting the Olympics, I said that people are not tuning in because people just don't want to root for Team USA anymore, particularly not in our sports. Our sports have gone so far left. 
um, the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, all of these people are basically de facto uh, media arms of the progressive wing of the Democrat Party at this point, and, and people are just tuning out. But there is something that is more insidious here. And that is the fact that the younger generation is tuned out and the younger generation does not even see America as 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 a worthy place to be cheered on to support the athletes and all this stuff. So there's this video that was made by an organization called Campus Reform that is going completely viral right now. They basically what they do is they send they have these little correspondents that are basically college students all over the country. And. Um, these correspondents run around, you know, they're asking college students questions about what's going on in politics just to see um, where these students' minds are at. And it's actually brilliant. They, they, they go viral all the time. This video is very interesting. This is um, one of their correspondents on uh, one, one college campus. I don't think they uh, – oh, the University of South Florida. And this is even – oh, my God. This makes me feel even worse because Florida, we're supposed to be red and we're supposed to be based. But these kids are not based. I want you to listen um, to this segment when these students are asked about cheering for Team USA. Will these college students be rooting for Team USA? Let's find out. The Olympics are coming up. The opening ceremonies are on July 23rd, but during the Olympic trials, we saw U.S. Olympic athlete Gwen Berry. She turned her back on the flag during the national anthem. Do you think she was right to do this? 100%. Uh, Given what's been going on with this country and how divided our politics have been, there's not really really a reason to stand for one within the country like that anyway, so I agree with it. Personally, I do. Um, You know, people... I mean, people would argue that... You know, it's a sign of disrespect to do that, but standing away during the national anthem or doing whatever to the flag, you know, that's a form of protest, and that's a, that's a right. If she feels that it's something that she's responsible to do, then I think it's okay. Do you think it's embarrassing that, you know, our own athletes who are on Team USA aren't even proud to be an American, it seems like? Um, I don't think so, because I don't like being an American either, even though I'm born here. I think there is such corruption and a crumbling infrastructure. Like, why is there no free health care? Why are so many people suffering because of housing? And that is such a great example of how corrupt it is here. Do you think athletes should be allowed to express their political beliefs or protest during the Olympics? I believe so. Either way, no matter what they do, the Olympics or anything is going to be... uh used for politics because even if let's say the u.s wins or any other country that country is going to use their win to show that our country's the best and whatnot do you think the united states is the greatest country look at me no i don't <laughs> do you think athletes should be allowed to demonstrate their political beliefs or protest at the olympics oh yeah 100 percent. i'm not sure about the history of the athlete herself her race or her ethnicity and why she did it are you saying that people should only be allowed to protest if they're of a certain race or ethnicity no, but I. it depends on the context of it. If athletes are on Team USA, do you think they have a duty to represent the United States of America in a positive light? They have a duty to represent their country athletically, sure, but they don't have any obligation to represent it good or bad. If they're not comfortable saying something or doing something, they shouldn't have to. It's not their job. They're athletes. No. Boy, you know, the, the, you know, and it goes on for about another five to, to seven minutes, but I had to stop it right there. I couldn't listen to any more. But before I go on a rant uh, as to exactly what is going on on college campuses across the country, there's a couple of things in that segment that really got to me. And the first one is there was this young lady that said, 
I don't like being an American even though I'm born here. That is, to me, that is insane. But to me, it, it's really something that is scary for the future of our country. Because what we are raising, like what's going on here with, you know, just the, the, the far left stuff in our media and the progressive wing of the Democratic Party and all of this other stuff, there is this sort of battle to get the minds of these kids. And if they get them, if they get into their minds and they, they make these kids believe that it is not cool to like America. It's not cool to be proud of America. You know, she said something, we don't have socialized health care. We don't have this and we don't have that and all of these other things. So they are basically warping these kids' minds uh, against America. And so this stuff isn't necessarily just about the Olympics, even though the failing ratings and I think NBC is losing some, like millions of dollars on this. That is um, an effect but the cause is right now that we have a younger generation that is so thoroughly brainwashed to hate America, it's actually scary. And when we tie this to the things that are going on right now, look at, you know, when you look at the squad, look at the AOCs of the world, look at the Ilhan Omars of the world, all of that stuff. You know, this is where this sort of anti-American, like, socialist stuff starts. It starts in the universities. It starts in colleges. Um, there's a guy that was asked, do you think America is the greatest country? He says, look at me. No, of course I don't. And so you have an and, and these are and the sad thing about this is that these are college kids, okay? These are and I don't care if if it's a state school or if it's whatever. If you are going to college in America, you are among um, the luckiest and most privileged people um, that are able to be able to do this, right? And so we are sending these people to these institutions. And look at Turning Point USA, like Charlie Kirk says this all the time. You are sending these kids to these institutions. You are paying these institutions tens of thousands of dollars a year so that they can be taught to hate America and that they can become angry little leftists that have absolutely zero to offer this country that they hate so much. These are the kids that are going to major in liberal arts. These are the kids that are not going to find jobs after graduation. These are the kids that are going to be angry. These are the kids that are going to turn into, quote unquote, democratic socialists. And this is what we're dealing with right now. This is the world that we're living in right now with these college kids. OK, so if you don't think that there is an issue with what's going on in this country, if you don't think that there is an issue with what is being taught to the younger generation right now, you are asleep. Because I'm not too far removed from these kids. Like, you know, I've only got about, what, these kids, 18, 19, what, I've got about, what, 12, 13 years in these kids. It was not like that when I was in undergrad. Now, granted, there have always been left-leaning professors, you know, colleges have always been left-leaning, all, all of that stuff. But just the anti-American sentiment was not this bad. You have these kids, the Olympics are going on right now. And they can't even be bothered to support Team America and Team USA. This is scary. So if you are a parent out there listening and you're thinking about taking your, you know, sending your kids to college and, and all of this stuff, I, I really want you to rethink whether you want to send your kid to college and pay tens of thousands of dollars for them to be indoctrinated into hating this country. The college system and the college paradigm, that is something that really does need. They want to talk about revolution and they want to talk about tearing things down. That is is what needs to, be, needs to be torn down, the college system. This is something that needs a revolution. Because if we don't take control of what's going on in these college campuses right now, 
you are going to get a bunch of angry little leftists that are brainwashed to hate America. And when they get into politics and when they get into media and when they get into all these other things, we will see even more of what we saw, which is them tearing everything down. These kids don't. She didn't even like being American, even though she was born here. That is insane. And that is something for all of you to be deeply, deeply concerned about. So if you think you can just ignore what's going on in these college campuses, you cannot. And that segment should really, really, really sound the alarm in your head. Next up, it is time to get over COVID. I think so. You probably do, too. And now, so does the New York Post. I will tell you what they had to say after the break. Oh, the New York Post is in trouble again. Don't you just love how much they are hated by the far left? It's really interesting to me. Um, as somebody that reads the New York Post and watches Fox News, as a part of a healthy media diet, I, I watch you know CNN and I watch the MSNBC and you know all the the, the race lady on MSNBC and all of that stuff. So you guys don't have to. But there is no, there are no two entities that the left hates more than the New York Post and Fox News because it's almost like they're the only two places where you get any sort of different message from the kind of propaganda um, that are being spewed you know, via the mainstream media. So the Post Editorial Board is in trouble. They have wrote, written an op-ed called Ignore the Hysteria. It is time to move past COVID America. And this came on the heels of the flip-flopping mass hysteria of last week. You know, first, um, the CDC revised the mask guidance, and then Biden came and he did that awful, boring, silly, weird press conference where, you know, he got into the, the argument with the Fox News reporter about the, the, um, the, the masks and all of that stuff and how he revises his, um, his guidance. And so what is going on with the COVID hysteria is actually crazy, Right. And if you want a little bit more info on the Peter the Peter Ducey thing, um, if you guys don't follow me on Facebook, follow me on Facebook at Rob Smith Online. I do videos pretty much uh, three, four times a day on basically everything that's going on in the news. And so sometimes I reference things here that I've not necessarily dug into in this podcast because I've done probably videos on them on my Facebook page. I feel like um, the the problematics the podcast fam would really like the Facebook page. So go to Facebook. Um, at Rob Smith online and, and watch a couple of these videos. But basically, this is what the post had to say. And I thought that this was very interesting. Yes, COVID will still take lives, but it's simply not a major threat to people with immunity, whether natural or from a vaccine. Despite the new alarms from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention about the Delta variant's dangers and the media hype amplifying them, the bottom line remains. Only a tiny fraction of those who are vaxxed have been infected as hospitalized as the post reported last week. An even smaller fraction have died. And so what we're dealing with right now is we're dealing with, you know, they had and there was another there was a viral video of the uh, actor Michael Rappaport. Uh, basically, he basically um had a lot of the frustrations that a lot of us have. They say, well, you know, at first, you know, I was a hero for getting vaccine, for getting the vaccine. You told me I could get the vaccine. Um, and if I got the vaccine, I can go back to normal. I could take my mask off. I could live my life. But now you're telling me that since I have the vaccine, if I don't put the mask on back again, I'm a super spreader. Right. And so that's the messaging right now. And so the messaging is, is that this stuff is being 
super amplified. It's being it's being fear mongered and, and scare tactics and all of this stuff by the mainstream media. First of all, because I told you, number one, they're all losing a lot of money because they don't have Trump in office, right? So they're all losing a a, a crap ton of money. Um, second of all, there is a lack of interest in truly covering the Biden-Harris uh, administration. There's a lack of interest in, in truly digging into exactly what is going on in this country. Thank God, you know, we had Fox News to see what's really going on. So in the absence of any real reporting, we have coronavirus hysteria. And the New York Post is absolutely right. Like, at some point, we have to move on from this. We cannot live in coronavirus hysteria. We cannot live in the state that we have been living in for the past year and a half forever. And if you've been listening to this podcast, look, I've been going since um, August of 2020. Like, I've been going uh, through a lot of this coronavirus hysteria. Like, I was over it um, even when I first started. Look, I moved to Florida two months into the pandemic. Um, and Florida was very, very normal. Florida is still normal. And despite this fear mongering about, oh, you know, all the cases and all of that stuff in Florida, um, none of that stuff really shook out, right? And it's very interesting to me that Florida is always focused on when they ignore, number one, the, the COVID crisis at the border because we've got tens of thousands of illegal immigrants coming over the border every single day uh, with unknown coronavirus statuses, right? So we have that going on, but, you know, the mainstream media doesn't really want to talk about that. And so when it comes to this coronavirus and it comes to the lives that we have all been living for the past year and a half... At a certain point, you've got to give up the hysteria. At a certain point, you really do have to start moving on with your lives, especially those people that have gotten vaccinated. And I've told you guys, like, I've said this a million times. I'm not an anti-vaxxer at all, right? If you want the vaccine, take the vaccine. If you do not want the vaccine, don't take it. You know, your personal health decision is completely up to you. But what they're doing right now is it's a crisis of messaging from the Biden administration, because what they're doing right now is there's a lot of people um, that are feeling duped, that are feeling like they were led down the wrong path because now that they've gotten the vaccine, they can't go back to normal again. And I still see people masking. I still see people double masking. God, I was in New York City over the weekend for work. I did the um, I did the Gutfeld show. I don't know if you guys caught that, but um. I mean, I was in the, the Delta, the Delta Lounge at LaGuardia and, you, and I saw a man literally, you know, reapplying his mask in between sips. So people are still on this stuff. And, and I think that there is a amount, amount of mental illness um, and, and a lot of, of mental things that have developed uh, among people around this coronavirus hysteria that has not given been given a whole lot of attention. Um, people are so worried about the virus itself that we don't talk about the mental health issues surrounding um, coronavirus and, and, and how we have reacted to this pandemic. I do believe fundamentally um, we have not interacted to it. Uh, we have not reacted to it in the right way. So good for the New York Post for saying that it is time to move past COVID. I do believe that it is time to move past it. I have moved beyond it. I don't wear the mask in Ubers anymore. I don't wear the mask anywhere inside anymore. I I will only wear it on the airplane because I just don't want to make a huge scene. But it is theater at this point. America, please listen to me. 
listen to the New York Post, listen to the science. If you are vaccinated or if you have had coronavirus, move on with your life. We've got to let it go. And even if you haven't gotten coronavirus, chances are, if you are under 70 years old, do not have comorbidities, you will recover from this. Get on with your lives, move on, and stop letting the media fear-mongering control your life. So yes, the New York Post is absolutely right. Ignore the hysteria, America. It is time to move past COVID. I have, and I really hope you do too. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RobSmithOnline. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. <laughs>